lovely freaks and welcome back to the podcast i'm your host amanda and i'm hannah and if you're new here hi welcome if you like things strange and unusual and true crime you can go ahead and hit that subscribe or follow button you can also head down to the description box and you'll see a link that will take you to our link tree and that'll give you access to our social media like instagram twitter and all that jazz and all that jazz yeah the squeaky chair added to the yeah. aroma <laughs> aroma <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, we're back. I feel like we take a break every other week. Something yeah. always happens, but it's whatever. Um, <clears throat> but we're back today with a murder episode. Uh, this one's going to be pretty rough because this has to do with two kids, actually, because one of them is a child and the other one, um, even though he's older is still considered a, a kid because he's only 17 so but anywho so yeah d- um not for the faint of heart and yeah i'm just trying to think if there's anything i needed to say um thank you to all the new people that we've gotten so far because we are up to like i think 113 I subscribers know. on youtube so exciting. and um I don't know. I've lost count on other platforms, but YouTube is the one we were trying real hard to pump those numbers up. Hopefully this summer we can like sit down and maybe start recording video. It's just really hard right now because we never really know when we're going to record. It's kind of a spur of the moment type thing. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, video recording is a little bit more, takes a little bit more time, but she won't have school this summer and you know, I won't be busy with kids doing all kinds of things. So, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to do it then. Um, I hope everybody has a good Easter. It's Easter weekend. This is going to be uploaded on Sunday, which is Easter Sunday, which it's not really a great episode to upload on a Sunday. But, um, you know, it is what it is. We could have waited till Monday, but I wanted to go ahead and get it out there for you guys this weekend. Um, so, yeah, if you're celebrating Easter, happy Easter. Um, and that's all I can think of. So, ready to get started? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. You sounded yeah. like... Yeah, <laughs> I'm ready. What was his name from... Uh, is that Napoleon Dynamite? Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> so, today we're going to talk about Jessica Ridgeway. She was a 10-year-old little girl that was abducted and murdered um, in Colorado. Now, I'm going to start off talking about her. And then, you know, we'll get into the rest of it. Um, So, Jessica was born January 23rd, 2002. She was a bright and bubbly little girl. She had brown hair and glasses. Um, Her favorite color was purple. Same. And she, um, she was just a cute little girl. Like, the picture of her is so cute. Her mom, her and her mom and her mom's sister and her grandmother, they all lived together. Which I thought was kind of cute. It reminded me of, like, a Practical Magic or something like that. You know, they were, like, a whole bunch of women living together. Because her mom was divorced from her dad. Her dad, I think, lived in Missouri. But, um, so, her grandmother called them. They were the three musketeers until Jessica came along. And then they were the four musketeers. (laughs) So, um, she was super smart. 
everything that was described, like the way she was described, kind of reminded me of Adeline, because they said that she was just didn't act like a little kid, you know, just kind of acted like not necessarily an adult. What what's the word I'm trying to look for? Just wise beyond her years. That's what I was trying to say. Um, she also wanted to grow up, you know, as a kid, like we always, and everybody does this. Our parents told, my parents told me this and then I tell the kids this, like, don't try to wish your life away. Like, don't, don't grow up too grow fast. Up. Yeah. Because yeah. when I was little, I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to be 16 so I can drive. And then, you know, I can't wait to be 21 so I can drink. And then yeah. when I became an adult, I was like, okay, yeah, it just sucks. I'm yeah. go. <laughs> I want to go back to. I don't want to be. I want to be like seven again, running around playing out on the side. But Jessica, like all kids, that's what she wanted to do. She wanted to grow up, so she was very self-sufficient. She had her own alarm clock. That her mom would work night shifts, and um, I can't remember what her mom did, but she worked night shifts, and she would come in in the morning, and Jessica would already be up and ready for school because she had a um, alarm clock. She her mom bought her an alarm clock. She would get herself ready. She'd eat a granola bar, all this stuff. So she was just one of those kids. She was super smart. She also had um, project. It was like a, I guess a English project or something that she did. And one of her declarative sentences, she had to like write a declarative, exclamatory sentence, like all these different types of sentences yeah. for this mm-hmm. project. So one of her um, declarative sentences was quote do not play at the park alone another sentence she wrote said quote watch out for strangers so it was really weird because nobody saw that until after she was abducted and it was almost like she was foreshadowing like she didn't know obviously but it was just really eerie that she was like foreshadowing her death because she gets abducted at the park and Mm. it is a stranger so it was really really weird. weird i thought that was really crazy and there, we've talked about some things like that before where people kind of like foreshadow their death or whatever because mm-hmm. they talk about something and then it happens. Um, so she knew about strangers. She knew the whole stranger danger. This was in 2012 when this happened. So yes, I mean, there was a lot of serial killers, obviously, in the 80s and all that. And people knew about abductions and ch- children getting snatched up. But this community that she lived in in Colorado was really small there wasn't a lot of area between the school and her house and the park and it was just a small community lots of kids walked to school by themselves because when i first heard this um case i was like why was she walking to school by herself and we'll get into that but this feels weird because this case um this is the first time i've heard of a case where the girl is younger than me she was born in 2002, so I was 12 when mm-hmm. she got abducted. 10? Right? She was, yeah. She was wow. 2012, yeah. Feels weird. So, she, um, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. So, let's talk about what happened October 5th, 2012. Jessica was getting ready for school. Um, like I said, her mom worked night shift. Her mom was home, and she was helping her get ready. They would peel oranges in the morning because that's what Jessica wanted to snack every day. Mm-hmm. She had a friend that lived only, like, a 1,000 feet from their house. So, basically a neighbor. I mean, maybe a block over. And the park was in between 
was somewhere in between there. It was either beside the neighbor's house or right before it or right after it, whatever. But that's where she was always, that she always met her neighbor at his house or at the park, either one, and then they would walk to school together. Mm-hmm. The school was a bit further. It was about eight blocks away. So that's pretty far, but if they kind of had like a buddy system. They would walk together. Um, so, you know, this was something she did every day. Because, like I said, when I first heard this, I was like, why? I would never let my kid walk eight blocks. But then I realized that her friend's house was basically the neighbor right across the street. And then they would meet and then, you know, walk to school. On this day, it was snowing a little bit, but it's Colorado, so it snows all the time. Um, So it wasn't like a blizzard or anything, or her mom would have taken her to school. Uh, But the dad of the friend, they were waiting at their house, and they said... The dad was like, well, when she gets here, I'll just drive y'all to school because it's kind of snowing, you know, the way you don't have to walk. Um, so Jessica was getting ready. She also, I forgot to mention this. I don't know why I forgot, but she wanted to be a cheerleader. Um, so that was another thing. Like she was always like into cheerleading and stuff like that. And, um, I think that morning she was like, talking to their mom about that and then um her mom was you know helping her get ready but her mom said the last thing she saw was she said quote i watched her leave and then shut the door she watched her walk down the driveway and then shut the door thinking okay everything's okay yeah um but jessica never made it to school now the school called the mom on her cell phone but Sarah, Jessica's mother, she had her cell phone in another room or she had turned it off one or the other because she kept getting annoying phone calls from colleges that she had applied to to, like, go to, I guess, like, night school or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, or, or day school, I guess, because she worked nights. But she had applied to all these different colleges and they were just blowing her phone up. You know how colleges are. <laughs> and, um, so she was really, really tired and she was like, I'm just going to put my phone either on silent or in the other room, whatever she did. And so she didn't hear the phone calls. Mm-hmm. So they left a voicemail and they said on the voicemail, the teachers, uh, the principal, you know, whatever, said that Jessica never made it to school, which was really odd because Jessica was like always at school. And if she wasn't, her mom always called and was like, hey, she's sick. She won't be there today. So unfortunately, um, and then the neighbor friend also, Jessica never made it there. So they thought, well, maybe her mom took her to school so we'll just go ahead and go to school and I gotta go to work like you know yeah um but the mother Sarah she did not see the uh voicemail until like four o'clock that afternoon so it was a long time uh Mm -hmm. Jessica usually got home around 4 30 which I thought was a really late time for kids but I guess they some well yeah because some uh States. Some states start later than. That's to say, they probably my kids. They start later. at like eight o'clock. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So she didn't see the voicemail until four o'clock. Four thirty. Hmm. And <clears throat> she said, "Excuse me." She said when she did, she was like, "Okay, well maybe Jessica, like." Was playing at whenever her friend's house was playing at the park. She never skipped school, but maybe today she was just like, "I need a break." I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) So she didn't think the worst at first. So she went to the park and looked for her. 
didn't find her. Then she went to the friend's house. The friend's house, the friend weren't there. Um, and so then she went to the school thinking maybe they just made a mistake. She said once she got to the school and she had searched everywhere that she thought she had been, and she realized that she wasn't where anywhere. She said that's when, you know, she got that sinking feeling, feeling in her yeah. stomach. Um, and so immediately after this, she called the police. And then a lot of this case also you can look up different audio recordings of like the 911 calls and stuff like that um i'm not gonna play them um but you can look them up you can also look up the court proceedings as well later on we'll get into that but um there's just a lot of information out there but so she called 911 and she told them you know my daughter's missing um gave them her name what she was wearing and all that so almost immediately which is pretty crazy because sometimes they don't do this but almost immediately they sent out an amber alert and they started um looking for jessica the police did they even rare and in between (laughs) yeah so the whole town um was looking for her and even the next day they had like the fbi out there the county county sheriff the local you know town everybody that they could use they had them out there you know trying to find her flyers were sent out with her picture on them they even had press conferences where they were like describing what the person what the fbi agents thought the person that abducted her might have looked like or you know because it was um the bau so the bau was out there giving them like what they thought a person in this area would be they thought that it would be an adult male um unfortunately that's not correct and we'll get into that so on october 7th two days later they kind of got like a break in the case because they found her backpack it was six miles away from her home in a subdivision in the backpack they found her clothes um glasses and something else i can't remember but her clothes were soaked in urine her own mm-hmm. urine so that was like her mom said at first that she kind of had this feeling like maybe since there was a backpack maybe that means she's still alive but then when they found the clothes soaked in urine it was kind of like oh something serious happened for her to you know urinate herself Mm -hmm. um so the police were not very hopeful after this um because they knew that something bad had had to have happened yeah in the beginning, obviously, they were looking at the mother. They were looking at the father, like they always do. But they were ruled out almost immediately. Her mom um, said that they found the back, um, the backpack. The fact that they found it six miles away kind of worried her too, because she was like, "Well, maybe you know, could she be in a different state? Could it, you know, could she already be like in Mexico or something? Is this yeah. sex trafficking, something like that?" So they did have. Um, units that dealt with sex trafficking and things like that on the case as well however six days after her disappearance um on october 11th the police found what was only a torso of a body Mm. about seven miles from jessica's house and then it was confirmed that it was her um also on the body there was a cross that was inserted into her vagina um 
So this was like a pretty big thing for the community. Not only was this an abduction, this wasn't just some abduction of a kid that was just, you know, raped and sexually assaulted and then thrown out. This was also like a dismemberment type of thing because they only found a torso. Mm -hmm. Um, So this rocked the community. At Jessica's funeral, about 2,000 people showed up. Wow. Which is a lot. And that's like all the people that were looking for her as well. Usually parents would let their kids like walk to school, like I said. Um, But after this, they completely stopped that. I mean, parents were like walking their kids inside the school, which totally understandable. I don't think I would let my kids. Like we had one time, um, I remember, this was like last year. We had four kids go missing in our area. They were teenagers, though. And we found them. They found them later that night. Um, They actually were trying to run away. But when it happened, my son knew some of the kids because he went to school with them. And I was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, y'all aren't going anywhere. Like, (laughs) um, they found, like, their cell phone out in the woods somewhere. So my mind automatically went to, like, sex trafficking. Like, there was a van that pulled up, stuffed them in, and they're gone. Um fortunately though they were just running away and being teenagers but um yeah i i was i my kids i wouldn't even let them go outside i was like no you're not riding your bike today (laughs) um i couldn't imagine i would literally protect my child like if i heard that i wouldn't lock the doors i'd be yeah never going outside ever again and my best friend I call him my brother, but he's my best friend. He um, was on the police force at that time. So I was like, yeah, um, you need to let me know everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so the police showed the cross that they found. They showed it on TV. They did not say where the cross was found. They just said it was near the body. They didn't say anything about, yeah. you know, where it, um, where it was. Because they wanted, if they did, if there was somebody... That knew about that. That knew about the case, or if they found the killer, then they would know. They would be the only ones that would know this was inside of her. Um, So fortunately, there was on October nineteenth a woman called the police and said that that cross looked really familiar. She remembers her seventeen-year-old neighbor Austin Sig wearing it. Austin gave his DNA willingly. He gave a sample. They came to his house, and he um, told them, like, yeah, I'll give you a DNA sample. No big deal. But I was asleep all day at home, so I don't know anything about this. Like, the day of the murder, he said Mm -hmm. he was asleep all day. Four days later, though, a 911 call was made to the police, and it was the mother of Austin. And her son... She, she said that her son wanted to turn himself in, and he confessed to her that he killed Jessica Ridgway. Mm. Now, this, op- this 911 call is 17 minutes long, so obviously you can go look it up. I wasn't going to play it on here, but I want to talk a little bit about it because in the... It's 17 minutes it's, long. It's her mother talking to the police? His mother. I mean, his mother. Mm-hmm. So he call, she calls the police, and she's like... Hey, um, my name's I don't I don't even remember her name, but she told him her name and she said, My son Austin Sig uh told me that he is responsible for killing that little girl that we've seen on TV, Jessica Ridgeway. Yeah. And so the operator's like, 
asking her all these questions, which I know she's trying to keep her on the phone, but 17 minutes long. It takes the police 17 minutes to get there, which seems like a long time to me. And she talks to the mom. She talks to Austin. And the whole time she's like, well, can you tell me how you're feeling right now? Like, (laughs) and I get that she's trying to like keep the situation calm, but you can tell on the 911 call that like the mom's getting irritated. She even says at one point, like, where is the police? Like, I need the police to get here. 17 minutes is a long time. Especially when you know that, like, this is a serious Serious. murder. (laughs) Because you only found the torso of this little girl. Even on the 911 call, she gets on the phone with Austin and she says, um, because I believe the mom said some of her body parts are in my house. I don't know where, but they're in my house. And so he tells, he tells the 911 operator that the body parts are, um, in a crawl space somewhere. And then uh, he also tells her, like, she's like, do you have any weapons in the house? And he's like, no. Or he said, yes, we do have weapons in the house, but I'll be, um, you know, sitting here. I'll be waiting with my mom. I'm totally, you know, ready to. Complying with everything. So, anyways, the mom, towards the end of the 911 call, at first I think she's kind of in shock. Um but yeah but towards the end of it she does start like falling apart crying and and being like i need the police to get here soon i need the 911 operator bust her heart she's like i understand they have to keep you on the phone until the police get there and she did a really good job i will say of asking lots of questions to make sure that if he recanted his you know what like if he was like yeah i i don't i didn't really kill her or whatever that they would have the 911 call. Yeah, enough evidence. Too. Enough evidence. Um, so, anyways, the police finally get there and they take him into custody. Oh, he also said in the phone, um, in the 911 call, that he was responsible for an attack at a lake. So, what that was was a couple of months before, I think it was like four months before this, he actually attacked a woman. He had a chloroform rag and she was jogging at the lake, at the local lake where they were at. And he attacked her and tried to, like, knock her out with a chloroform rag. Mm -hmm. But she fought him off. And um, so she didn't get a look at him, though. Mm. And I think there was some uh, evidence on her or something like that. Some DNA evidence. And they did get it, but they didn't have anything to match it with because he's not in the system. Yeah. Um, But, you know, he, he explained that he did do that. Austin was interviewed for six hours when they got him back to the police station. Um, so, he also said that he was, um, like, obsessed with death, autopsies. He was actually in college. Uh, I can't remember what college he was at, but he was in college for mortuary science. Isn't he 17? Yes. So, mm-hmm. let me explain. So he's, like, really smart, I'm guessing. No, but let me explain. So, he dropped out of school in 11th grade, got his GED, and then went to college, like, a little bit later after that. Um, I mean, I was 17 when I started college, because I was young, so, you know. You did? Mm-hmm. Didn't know that. Well, like, I, well, college started, and then my birthday was on August 30th, so. Yeah. (laughs) So, I did graduate when I was 17. I was thinking you were, like... A genius or something. <laughs> no, not quite. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, so, yeah, he was, like, obsessed with that. He was 
um, obsessed with anatomy, like body parts and things like like that. Yeah, and he wanted to be a um, A funeral director. No. (laughs) Well, yeah, obviously. Serial killer? (laughs) Serial killer? Was that his goal in life? Sounds like it. Obviously, but no, he he wanted to do like autopsies and things like that. That's what Mm -hmm. I'm looking for. Um, So on the morning that Jessica, and now we're going to talk about what happened. So on the morning that Jessica was abducted, Austin was waiting on one side of the street and she was walking on the other. He said that she had, um, he was, he had a, he had a uh, Jeep, a grand Jeep Cherokee. Mm-hmm. She said, I mean, he said, geez, that she, she had said, a, she said, yeah, he had, she had a snowball in her hand and she was like playing with the snow. And right as she crossed the street, um, he snatched her up. He threw her into the back of his Jeep he zip-tied her hands and feet and kept telling her everything was going to be okay, even though he knew that it wasn't. Like, he he even told the police, he was like, I knew as soon as I got her in the car, like, she was dead. And, mm-hmm. it, like, he wasn't going to let her go. And um, he had no hesitation about it. And also, she kept asking, like, for some reason, he said she kept asking, do you know my mother? Mm-hmm. Or do you know my mommy? And... He was like, no. And she's like, am I going to see my mommy again? Like, Aww. all this stuff. And um, he said yes, but obviously we knew that, that was a lie. Yeah. He then took her to his house. His mom was not there. He made her change clothes. He made her put on a white t-shirt and black shorts. And then he took her clothes and put them in a bag. And that's the bag that he was going to leave, you know, at the um, other subdivision. And he was going to do this to try to throw the police off of his trail. I was going to say, why is he leaving evidence? Yeah. He also was really obsessed with, like, uh, crime stuff, like FBI stuff. And he would check out books at the library about different crimes and, like, situations of how to get out of crimes Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, He then turned on some cartoons. He said they watched them together. He then cut her hair. I'm not quite sure why he did that, but... Okay. He, after he cut her hair, he sexually assaulted her, and there's other things that he did, but we know, like, I'm not going to... Put in details. Yeah. I mean, I'm the sorry. autopsy report did reveal that she did have bruises um, inside, you know, of her body and her mm-hmm. hymen and stuff like that. So, we do know that he probably did rape her and definitely sexually assaulted her. Um He then came up behind her while she was sitting on the couch or standing or whatever, and he tried to strangle her with zip ties. He said that that wasn't working and it wasn't strong enough, so then he took the zip ties off and then he started strangling her with his bare hands. He strangled her until she stopped breathing, but he said that she was still twitching. So he took her to the bathtub, ran really hot water, like scalding hot water, and then put her in it face down. And then she passed away. Mm. Um, after this is when he decided that he would uh, dismember her. Some parts he actually like flushed down the toilet, like fingers and things like that. And then some he also um, opened her up and took all of her organs out. And he said while he was doing this, he was like kind of uh, examining them, like. Like, meticulously taking them out of her. Yeah, mm-hmm. really weird. Some of the organs he flushed down the toilet, and some of them he still had. Um, okay, that's an odd 
Yeah, I didn't get that part I either. I guess the evidence, but didn't he... I'm so, I'm a, I guess he's going to dispose of the evidence another way, obviously. Yeah, I guess. Um, he initially left the torso where it was to throw police off the trail um, as well. So, like, the torso was seven miles from where she was and then the backpack was six miles another way so he said he did that on purpose because he wanted to make it look like you know i don't know whatever he said that he didn't the cross he put the cross in there because he said that he wanted to make it seem like it was like a religious sacrifice type thing because uh, that's and, I, at first that's what i was thinking i was thinking cult mm, and maybe that's why he did dismember the body and i think the reason he put it so far away is because the mother thought oh this is like in another is this in another state i mean yeah in another state mm-hmm. and that's probably why he was trying to make the police think, oh, they're going to another state, or this is a, um, what is it called? Trafficking, yeah. Yeah, and that's what she thought. No, that's kind of what the police thought at first. So, during the interview, though, he was just really callous and cold. Some of the psychologists that um, did, you know, interview him later said that at no point did he ever... If Show the woman, yeah, if the woman would not have identified the cross, that like that was his downfall. If he wouldn't have put the cross in there, then uh, there's no way they would have figured out it was him. Because wow. even days leading up to it, and we're going to talk about Austin and why he is probably the way he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but even the days leading up to it, like there was no indication of anything going on. You know, he was just acting normal. Until they took the DNA sample. And then he, his classmates, like, at college said that, one of them even said that he asked, like, what does it feel like when you're having a panic attack or something like that? Mm -hmm. And so he started to get really worried. Um, Not about Jessica, obviously, only about his own self. God. (laughs) Yeah. So, one of the reasons why uh, he never, so, we'll talk about Austin. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> let, me, let me backtrack. So, he didn't really have a, you know, shitty childhood or anything. I mean, uh-huh. he wasn't abused or anything like that. I believe that he did have some sort of, um, like, he maybe bumped his head once or I twice. But it wasn't head anything. Injury. No, it wasn't anything significant. He didn't have any kind of head injuries or anything uh-huh. like that. The One of the psychologists before he ever did this, this is when he was small, and we'll talk about that. He was seeing a therapist at the time that he was 12, and she said that he was, she felt like maybe he was just born this way, mm-hmm. because when he was 12, he got caught looking at uh, child pornography at 12, mm-hmm. which That's is sad. really weird, because yeah. I've never met a young, I'm not, I'm not laughing at that, I'm just like, I've never seen, yeah, I've never seen a young person look at child pornography you know yeah, what i mean and usually they're sexually abused first before they do that so that's kind of odd yeah so he was looking at child pornography and then his mom and dad they were separated and they had a he had a stepmom his stepmom was the one that decided like oh we should get him some help for this like it wasn't the mom or the dad they were just kind of shrugging it off but it was the stepmom that was like yeah he needs to see a therapist because this is not normal yeah so yeah, so he sees this therapist, um, and of course, they start him on pills 
at the age of 12. He's also, um, you know, diagnosed with addiction to pornography and he has anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's taking this medication pretty much his whole life and it doesn't really help because later on they find out from his search history on his computer for years he's been watching it was child pornography then it went from that to a bdsm then it went from that to un uh i don't even know the websites you find this stuff on but it's like people that are getting raped hmm. uh tortured it's be the dark web obviously and uh, there was even children Mm -hmm. being abused that he was watching um all this different types of stuff there was some things that he would google would be like uh how to tie up a person you know and we've seen people uh, other serial killers look these things up too um at one point his mother kind of a red flag i don't know if, if my if my son came to me and wanted to know this i would be like and why is that um he asked his mom, can you help me help show me, like, how to tie up somebody with, uh, uh, what's it called? Zip ties? Uh, and she did. Like, what? she, yeah. She said that it was, she said that she thought it was a part of his, like, projects for school or whatever, because he was always, like, interested in, in murder if things. that was a project Like, he was going to be an FBI agent. Like, why no. would an FBI agent need to know how to tie up somebody? I don't know. Um, I will give his mom props because she did turn him in. You know, she could have not called the police. She could have just been like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Go back to your room. <laughs> um, but, or be like, we're going to get through this. They'll yeah, never know. Yeah, well, they'll never know. Um, but she, she, she did, you know, but some of the things that she did were a little weird. Um, so, yeah, she did that, and I thought that was odd. I was like, well, I would be a red flag. And also the fact that, did she not see like all the news and she didn't think for a second like hey my son is kind of weird maybe i should see if the police want to talk to him I mean, because did they she interviewed question, she didn't question him about it he just came to her and told he can't yeah he came to her huh and maybe she wasn't watching the news that. i don't know because of the dna because the dna sample because he got. knew he was gonna get caught yeah i mean hmm. he, he pretty much knew he was over with because they they did i mean they had the D, they they matched the DNA. It was. I guess he didn't want to wait around for them to. Catch I guess him. not. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, he definitely had some serious um, issues with pornography, and I think that's pretty much where it stemmed from. Because, I mean, if you're starting to watch that stuff at a young age, but I've never had, I've never seen a psychology report where the psychologist was like he was just born that way. It was in his, it was biological, it was a biological thing. I'm like, what? I didn't know that was possible. Possible? Like, I feel like somebody had to have shown him this stuff at school or something like that. And that's probably where it started. Um, or it could be something chemical, like, because of his emotions. And he's a, um, I'm guessing he's a... Sadist? Uh, no. What are they called? Where they're um, all about themselves. Narcissist? Narcissist, yeah. probably. I mean, obviously, yeah. So, they also talked, the, the news people, they talked to his classmates from high school, and a lot of them were like, I didn't see this happening at all. He wasn't, 
the weird kid. Mm-hmm. He was just kind of shy. He had friends, but most of them were girls, so that's kind of a red flag after the fact. Not not a red flag now, you know, for anybody else. But yeah. they were, like, thinking back on it. Yeah. <laughs> he did only have girls that were friends. Um, but a lot of them said, like, he was, like, the sweet guy in class. Like, if you were walking down the hallway by yourself, he'd come up to you and be like, hey, you need a friend to walk with? And he would walk mm-hmm. with you. So he wasn't, like, you know, uh, I don't know. Like a creepy yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> yeah, Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer. Because a lot of people okay. were, like, you know, pulling a Dahmer, is what they would say about Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm-hmm. Because he was just kind of weird, and he would do, like, anything you wanted him to and all this stuff. Yeah. So um, he wasn't like that. He was just, just the normal shy, kid. normal kid. He was gothic, but that doesn't mean anything, please, because yeah. I was, and I'm not a murderer. <laughs> um. So, you know, nothing like that. Nothing abnormal. And he did have a lot of friends as far as girls, like I said. Um, So, Austin was arrested, obviously. There's a lot for the court court thing. And we could have made a whole other episode on that. But I wasn't going to do that because we're not a court podcast. Um, (laughs) But ultimately, you guys want to know obviously what happened like what did he get sentenced well he got sentenced to the full extent that he could if he would have been 18 when the murder happened he would have got sentenced to death mm-hmm. but since he was not and he was 17 um they could only do life in prison so they gave him life in prison which was 40 they gave him like life in prison with the possibility of parole in 40 years but the judge up to the sentencing and gave him life in prison possibility of parole in 40 years however he would serve another 86 years i don't really know how that works but Um, basically the judge made it to where he'll never get parole like he could get parole in 40 years but since he tacked on that 86 year sentence to it it kind of makes it to where he won't ever get parole and he'll likely die in prison um he, he has to serve them consecutively Uh, um so he can't like yeah (laughs) there's no possibility there is a possibility but he'd have to still go to prison i don't know what you're saying yeah it's weird Uh, the law is weird to me but um (laughs) like i said i understand some things but when there's things like this i'm like what doesn't make any sense um so anywho yeah he's gonna be in there till the day he dies now we don't know what prison he's in currently because for his protection and his parents protection he was moved to an undisclosed location after about a year of being in prison um but also probably because he probably got uh you know i was gonna say something but he probably got uh beat up in prison because Uh, they don't like they don't like uh child murders and things like that and child abusers that they're not about that so yeah he probably got moved for that purpose as well um but yeah that is the case of jessica ridgeway um i just i I listened to her family's impact statements as well and they were so sad there was one of her great grandmothers that didn't really get to spend a lot of time with her because she lived so far away Mm -hmm. and she just said like i'll never be able to really spend time the time that I wanted to with her mm-hmm. um you know because I didn't get to see her as much and it's just sad I can't you know I can't imagine what she was going through in those last final moments um of her life and also I will say that 
I thought this case, like, for some reason when I was reading about it, I was like, oh my gosh, I bet she was still alive whenever, you know, he was dismembering yeah. her and things like that, but she wasn't. Um, the, uh, she did not die f- fast, though, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I mean, he strangled her to death, so that's not... It's just sad. Like, I... <sighs> I don't know. It made me think about my own daughter. Yeah, like, I can't imagine. you've got to, yeah, you got to really be a sick person. A sick person to do that to a kid the or only anybody, thing really. I can think of because it's really strange to hear about a case and he hasn't had any kind of trauma. The only thing I can think of is maybe the head injury, but then also maybe that he doesn't have, like, once all these feelings came is when you know when you're 12 and you're starting to figure out your body and everything and I bet probably you know how we have an emotional attachment to when we're younger like there's this thing uh Sigmund Sigmund Freud he Uh said that um when you're younger you're attracted to your mom or your dad yeah. And you want to marry him. Like, you know how you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I want to marry daddy. No, I want to marry daddy. Yeah. And it's just like a thing that happens because you have so much love for them that you imagine being with them. And so you try to find that person that's like your dad or mm-hmm. like your mom. Well, if he doesn't have emotional attachments to his mom or anyone, he could be trying to like have a sexual arousement and be like well you know how we are like attracted to people that look similar or emotion if he doesn't have any emotion and he's just like well this isn't helping then mm-hmm. he'll go to extreme measures well that's what yeah i mean he he probably started off watching like regular porn and, and then, then maybe like, eh, stumbled this across not, this yeah this is not while really aroused and mm-hmm. then he was still aroused and he probably was like oh look at that this is what i like um which and then when you have no guilt or emotion, then it just gets worse. It's not like mm-hmm. a part of us that maybe have that and is like, oh, well, I can't look at it. Like, that. that's bad. One of the odd things, though, is he what, he did grow up in a really um, Christian household. Like, he went to a Christian school mm-hmm. and was around That's not really like odd, that. though. A lot of people that are Christians, you know, tend to hate, like, atheists. That's true. I mean, he could have hate God more. Yeah, but and and he could have. It's odd in a sense. Like I was like I'm saying, it's odd because where did he like see that? Like yeah, see this. But also, I mean, as a Christian, I know that it could have been. I I know Christian. I've I've been. There's plenty of people at Christian schools that are not. the holiest of people if you want to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I mean you know and it was probably like a um like he knew it was bad but he couldn't help it type situation yeah. you know what I mean so I don't know um that's just crazy that I mean my son is 13 if I ever found something like that on his computer or phone I'd be like holy shit yeah. <laughs> um I, I don't know some... I don't know if the therapist he went to when he was younger was really the best um yeah I mean, if I if I found but. my kid looking at um, underage porn, I would have to take him to a therapist. 
And then I would tell the therapist, I'd be like, hey, I need some medicine that will stop his sexual arousal. Or something, yeah. That would have to be it. I'd be like, I have to give it to him. Like, this is, I know he's probably not going to grow out of it. Yeah. So I need that. (laughs) That would just be something I'd have to do. Well, it also makes me think, it also makes me wonder if, which this debate, this has been around for years, if someone is born, like, if when someone's born, you're automatically born with, um, like evil pedophilia evil uh even you know like i think so some of us yeah i mean it's very rare especially like jeffrey dahmer we've talked about him before because he started at a really young age um Mm -hmm. now i mean it didn't help that his dad would let him like skin animals but um you know most kids in the south they kill animals at a young age and they don't ever want to turn into a murder so it's like something something within I them think something chemical in their brains yeah but also it doesn't help if you you know abuse your kids and are pieces of shit to them yeah I, we have seen before um so anyways yeah that's it that's all we got for you today we are done with this case um hopefully uh, we'll be back next week should be i don't, I don't see why we wouldn't <laughs> um but I don't know what we're going to do next week. Probably another murder case. Unless you guys got something else we want to discuss. Um, as always, you can go to our Twitter. And I'll have a poll up probably of, you know, what you guys can choose from. And, yeah, help us out there. Go ahead and like and subscribe to everything that you can possibly. <laughs> um, leave us a review on Apple iTunes because that really helps out as well. And, yeah. I guess we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.